I'm R.J. Bell with the Sports Betting Headlines for Friday. Jets announced to hire Robert Salah. If you think about it, the Jets were favored to win six and a half games this season. Not so bad. So maybe this team doesn't have as far to come back as some may think. Atlanta Falcons hire Texas Titans OC Arthur Smith. The Falcons have really disappointed. Last three seasons, they've fallen short of their win total by an average of almost three games per season. Here's the Super Bowl favorites entering division round weekend. Kansas City, 2-1. Green Bay, 4-1. And here's a change. The Bills were third. Now the Saints are third at 6-1. Bills, 6.5-1. We'll cover all those games and more. Here's a four-hour of the Vegas truth coming up. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. This is Straight Out of Vegas. With the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. You heard it, I'm R.J. This is a very special show, very special show. Previewing the division round weekend, live from Las Vegas, live on 225 FSR stations across this great, great nation. In studio, Steve Fezzik. Now, here's what we're going to do different today. Never done it before. We're going to go through all four games, discuss them, pros and cons, and then in each game, give you a consensus Fezzik RJ pick on the game, but not just the game, because let's be candid, you can't pick every game. Because you only have a good pick if the line is wrong. The line's not wrong in every game. In fact, as Steve mentioned before the show in our little meeting, he said the line hasn't moved in any of these games in 24 hours. From yesterday till today, Fez, not a movement on the spread. Not a one. Four games? Rock solid. You know what? That means the lines are finding an equilibrium point. It means likely there's not a ton of value. So we're going to be looking at, yeah, the spreads, if we think there's value, maybe the total, maybe the first quarter, maybe a prop bet. Will Jonas's hair ever be out of place? That kind of prop <laughs> bet, right? Is it, Hey, listen, that's a log. No. But we're going to go through each game. And at the end, we're going to give you our best bet on all those picks. But you'll have, at the end of this hour, literally a pick that we are betting on every game. And RJ, on a day in which we have got a couple of head coaching hirings in the NFL, what is the Vegas lead here on this Friday? I think, uh, you know, we'll talk on these hirings, but I think we get right into it. We'll go rotation order. So we'll start Rams Packers. And by the way, I was so excited. I should formally announce this is Jonas Knox in Los Angeles, the Joe. And, RJ, we start off the NFL's divisional round of the playoffs in Green Bay. It is the number one seed Packers in the NFC hosting the L.A. Rams. Right now on pregame.com, Green Bay still a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Okay, Fez. So, on the game itself, do you have a strong opinion, this, the spread? Nothing on the spread. Okay. This game, and we've been talking about this since Wednesday, more than any other 
my handicap goes one way, but the, the, the unequivocal sharp action goes the other. I like the Packers. Why? I believe that Jared Goff in weather is a problem. Now, different people can have different stats on this. What we came up with, looking at pro football reference, which is very respected, looking at 45 degrees and below, four games for Goff, 0-4 against the spread. And the spread is what matters. If you went straight up or not, it's like, hey, what happens if it was a great team against the worst team? You're going to win those games. Or some other – no – the spread is expectation. Jared Goff has had four games, according to Pro Football Reference. Expectation, he fell short on all four of them. In fact, if you look at the offensive side of the ball, they've scored on average, Jared Goff's teams, 10 less points per game than expected. That's not good. You add in a broken thumb, it's, you know, it's healing, but in general, I have trouble when I broke my ring finger holding my toothbrush for about two years. So, I mean, I know this is a pro athlete, but I can't believe it means nothing to the point that Steve Young apparently was calling him courageous for playing. Okay, mm. let's call him courageous, but it means he's hindered. <laughs> and you felt like Jared Goff wasn't really all that hindered, saying that looking at the ball coming out of his hands – as I've kept listening to analysts, you're in the minority. Jonas was in the majority of saying, hey, it looks like his hand, he was bothered. You didn't think so. It sounds like you're ready to retract that statement. Well, I think I'm going to trust the scouts and the experts rather than Steve Fezzik. Jo- Jonas isn't a scout. <laughs> Go ahead. Well, I, I listened to the other experts, and that seemed pretty much to be the consensus. So I didn't pick up on it, but uh, I am very much in the minority. And uh, here's the thing. Reasonable people can disagree, right? And that's why we like a consensus of opinions. And like I said, when you guys disagreed, it's probably somewhere in the middle. Now I'm thinking somewhere 90% towards Jonas, but maybe a little (laughs) less than people think. Okay, but to me, it makes my Packers point again. Okay, but here's the thing. The sharp action's been on the Rams. And more than any other game. Would you agree with that if we said... Based on the betting movement, based on the people you trade information with, based on all of your knowledge, all of your powers, like in Godfather when he told the mortician, use all of your powers to make Santino look okay, what do you think has been the sharpest side? Would you agree it's been the Rams? Absolutely. Feeding frenzy on the Rams at plus seven or higher. The pros gobbled it all up quickly early in the week. Yes. So now, on one hand, I feel one thing. On the other hand, the Sharps feel the other. If I had to bet, I'm going to back myself. But I don't have to bet. So now let's look for something other than the side in this game. What's your first thought? Under. And the reason being is I'm with you. I don't trust the Rams' offense at all. Let's face it. I don't trust— If you don't trust the Rams' offense, then why not like the Packers? Because I like the Rams' defense. Okay, and you like the Rams' defense against the Packers? Yes. Okay. And, you know, going back to the offense, I frankly, I don't trust Jared Goff if it's 72 degrees. So now, like you said, you bring him in with a thumb, you bring him in in 32 degrees and snow flurries. Yeah, but, but under that theory, if the Packers do get up, he's going to be having to throw from behind. And that's the catch-22 with unders. You want the offense to be bad? But not so bad that they throw pick sixes or strip sacks or whatever. Jared Goff seems like the type that gets flustered when he's behind. Do you really want the. If I played the under, I hope this is a close game. 
right? Be, but let's be candid. When you have a touchdown, almost a touchdown favorite, there's a real chance the Rams are going to be behind at some point. Do you yeah, want the under at that point? No. And so maybe we should look at first half. Well, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Mm. One pick at a time is enough. For I mean, sure. we're not just having you go through like your fourth best pick. And, <laughs> all right, let's hear what Jonas has to say. Is, is some of this angst and sort of aggression that Steve Fezzik has towards Jared Goff because Jared Goff might have been a big part of the reason why back in 2018 Fez made a big futures bet on the Rams and it didn't pay off in the Super Ooh. Bowl. And by the way, a big future bet against me. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes. Is, is that the case, Fez? I think it's something else, but we'll see what he has. There could be some lingering resentment from the three points he put up in the Super Bowl. Well, let's agree with something. Any resentment you ever have lingers, you never let go of any of it. Have you ever really said, I hated that person, but now I like them? Now that's a great question. Because you, because you have that, that you know. There's, I'm three fourths Italian. My, I grew up very Italian, and the funny joke about Italians are they, they, they have such resentment. They leave instructions that at a funeral, certain people aren't allowed coming. Like mm-hmm. when they die, don't let that person come to my funeral. That's how Italians are, Feds. Now you're not Italian, but I kind of feel like you got that when money's involved. Yeah, I think you're spot on, Steve Fezzik. I would have said. That it was more that Jared Goff was the number one pick. He got a bunch of attention. He got a big contract. And Fez hates it when people get attention over him. <laughs> and then the fact he's not any good, he wants to keep like lambasting him. He's no good. He's no good. I think it's probably half and half here. All right, we're straight out of Vegas. Here's my proposal. Packers are better in the first half. If anything, the Packers, well, in fact, they lead the NFL in point differential. So the margin they're ahead in the first half. 32 teams, they're number one. Okay. The Rams have an exceptional defense, but even more so in the second half. Okay? Because they make amazing adjustments. I mean, the Rams in the second half is amazing. I like the pack anyway, but what do we know about the pack? They tend to give up backdoor touchdowns. You could very easily see being up, Rams get a late score, it falls four. 11 becomes four or whatever, or becomes five if they miss the two or three. It doesn't matter because we're laying six and a half if we do it. Let's go first half pack because it's the strength of Green Bay. Lambo, to whatever degree Lambo's an advantage, it's going to be about the slickness of the turf. Remember, a lot of those teams, Tennessee, changing their, changing their cleats and all that. To whatever degree we benefit with Lambo, wouldn't you say that's front-loaded? Yes, but I think the cold is more back-loaded. Enough with the cold. Okay. Enough with the cold. I mean, I agree if it's like 50 degrees or something that maybe the cold that you somehow tend to stretch and say, that's going to, the weather, but it's going to be 30 degrees. It's cold to start, right? And plus, when they come in at halftime and it's like a long, you know, is it an extended halftime in the division round? Or either way, they're in there for 20 minutes, they're warmed up. I mean, I'm, if anything, you could make the case the cold's going to be more jarring at the beginning, right? If you go to a game, I think the cold gets worse and worse in the third and fourth quarter because you don't have anywhere to get warm. But if you go in that locker That's room for 20... That's a good 20- point. You're warmed up now. Yeah, you're warmed up and you're used to it. I'm not saying it's not bad in the second. I'm not saying there's not some great advantage second half, first half. But the Rams aren't as good on defense in the second. Green Bay is the best team in the NFL point differential in the first half. And the Packers tend to give up backdoor touchdowns. Why not? 
What do you think? That's interesting. I hadn't considered it. I looked at it's three and a half. You got to lay, which is so the market is not making any um, adjustment to a typical six and a half point spread. So three and, three and a half, half is typical. Yes. So you're not paying any extra premium for really good reasons that you did just outline. All right. I I think the best case has been made for this. If you want to veto it, you can, but that means you've got to bet me on it. That's the beauty of it. When we get to the point of it's veto time, if the guy wants a veto, he has to be willing to bet the other side. Do you want to bet? you want to take the Rams in the first half? I don't. <laughs> All right. We got a winner, Jonas. Rams first, or check that, Packers first half. Green Bay Packers first half minus three and a half. Pick number one. What do you think of that, baby? Uh, I like it. I, I I like the Packers in the game. I think the injuries are a big deal, but I just get this strange feeling that there's something funky that's going to happen in this game. I don't well, know the, why. The, the movement so far said so, right? So, in a way, the Sharps said, we're, we're taking seven, but we're not taking six and a half because it hasn't moved. And we're ta- laying, in theory, six and a half, but we're saying, ah, that's not enough, right? It, it, like I told Colin today on the podcast, I said, if you lay six and a half when the Sharps took seven, you're disagreeing. Even though you're getting a better number, you're disagreeing. But if you add in, now it's just the first half. We have the advantage of that differential in the first half for Green Bay. We have the advantage of the Rams being better defensively in the second half. Now you could make the case minus three is okay, and so is plus six and a half. Not that you'd want to bet both, but you could, or plus seven, let's say. You can see how both aren't really in direct conflict. So, as much as I hate going against the Sharps, even indirectly, and I don't love this pick, I think it's clearly the best pick. And very rarely, Fez, and you can agree with this last word on this game, very rarely will you have a situation that one team is better in one of the halves and the other team is worse. The best you hope for is one team's neutral and one team's better. The fact that we've got both directions benefiting us, Rams are better defensively in the second, Packers are better in the first half, that really is unusual, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. The more I think about this, the more I'm liking your pick because I'm That's thinking. That's what happens with my stuff. I'm thinking with the thumb <laughs> with Goff, he's going to be trying to wear gloves. He's going to be and and like you mentioned, like that Tennessee game in Lambeau, yeah. the Titans just were completely out of sorts to start the game, and I could see Goff, you know, out of sorts wearing different equipment and the like to start. It took a while for Fez to see it, but now he does. First pick, rock solid. Next game when we come back, Bills Ravens. I got a prop bet I'm going to propose very strong. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I disagree with I'm RJ Bell. We're straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. Coming up here in just a couple of moments, we will continue our preview of the divisional playoffs in the NFL this weekend. Ooh, I got a big prop one I like here coming up. Great day to join. This is the fastest growing show on Fox Sports Radio. Audiences doubled in the last year plus. Thank you so much for the support. And we promise to work extra hard to finish off this great football season, best yet so far. On the weekend, if you haven't listened to every minute of every show, now is the time to catch up. Just look for the podcast. Wherever you listen to podcasts, search Straight Out of Vegas. And there you go. It's all pretty much nice and evergreen for this weekend. 
right here on the Strip in Vegas. 68 degrees. The neon is pumping. So, RJ, the later game on Saturday night is in the AFC. It's the Buffalo Bills, the two seed in the AFC, hosting the Baltimore Ravens. And right now on pregame.com, Buffalo a two-and-a-half point favorite. I would say, Steve, of all the games this NFL season, this game has more sharp people on either side meaning I could play you tape or if I recorded phone calls or whatever of here's some analysis that says the Ravens are the sharp side and it kind of makes sense. And then I could play you analysis from an equally sharp person that says the Bills are the right side. Usually you have sharps on neither side where they just think the line's right or one side but it's very rare that you have people pounding their fist on both sides. Have you seen that, that there's been some real rationale for the Ravens and equally so for the Bills? Absolutely. And I think it's because both teams, frankly, have played so well late in the season. We see the the Buffalo yeah. team rolling along, the one lost Arizona. I think, I think if you had squares, that's more the case. I think it's more there's... And, and I'll quickly do a synopsis of each of the positions. And you can tell me if you've heard this. On the Ravens, it's more obvious, and that's what I thought was going to be the sharp side, which is there's been a lot of love for the Ravens, right? I mean, you famously said, we don't have time to go play the replay of it, but the Ravens are the best, second-best team you've ever seen, or some variation of that, at some point earlier, much earlier in the year. Now, when they lost four out of five, you didn't hear as much from you. No, you heard a lot. It was just other topics. You, you didn't slow down your talking any, but okay. <laughs> but then, but then the Ravens had a streak of, let's be candid, not very tough competition, especially defensively. Cincinnati, Jacksonville, Dallas, Cleveland, a good team in general, but not defensively. And then the Giants, but they, you know, they put up over 30 for everyone except the Giants, who's a pretty decent D. That's fine. Everyone's excited about that redemption story against Tennessee, except Tennessee had a bottom five defense, and they put out 20 points. 20 points against a bottom five defense doesn't seem too good, does it? No, that the offense underachieved. They won with defense in that game Baltimore did. So, in a way, if you believe in Lamar Jackson and you say, and look at that Ravens D— that's the case, pretty much, is that they had COVID. They had a lot of distractions with COVID. Obviously, Lamar missed some games. Maybe Lamar wasn't 100% in some other games. The defense was banged up. But when they've been whole, when they've been healthy, the Ravens have been as good as we expected. And you uncovered a really strong point. If you look at point differential in the regular season, which is such a respected metric, it really is. And then you say, let's just look at two years. The best point differential in the NFL is... Baltimore Ravens. Better than the Kansas City Chiefs, better than anyone. Regular season last two years. Number one, both years, not in composite, in both years. But I think in composite, too, right? <laughs> I mean, I'm just doing some SAT-level thinking there. property, I think so. All right, so now, that's Steve Fezzik talking transitive property. I'm R.J. Bell, not. <laughs> now, the Bills and the Ravens... I think that the other case for the Ravens is, oh, look, the Bills are fine. They're good, but not against the run. Not against the run. They invite teams to run, but maybe that's a mistake against the Ravens. That feels like the, the narrative on Baltimore back in Baltimore. Would you agree with that? 
yes, that if they face Kansas City, that that well, we're not have... talking about Kansas City, yeah, are yeah. we? No. So why are we talking about that? I I thought you mentioned Kansas City, sir. When? Yeah. No. Okay, I mentioned Kansas City like two minutes ago, saying even Kansas City didn't have a better net margin. Okay, you you got you caught up on everything I'm good else. Now. All right. So what I'm saying is, with the Ravens, the case is pretty strong. Now, Jonas, as you hear that case, does any of that ring untrue to you? And now we're going to talk the Bills case in a minute, but the Ravens case, does that ring true to you? Yeah, that they're going to run the football, that that's the weakness. If you were to look at the Bills as a team, the weakness would be, well, you know, they're in the bottom half of the league when it comes to stopping the run over the course of the season. So that feels like an area that the Baltimore Ravens could exploit. Now, the other side is the Bills side, which to me wasn't as obvious to start with. Because it is obvious they've won a bunch of games in a row. It is obvious that Hell Murray was the one game they lost in the last 11. It's also not as obvious, but something I've been putting forth is the loss against Tennessee was a scheduling loss in a way, at least partially. And then the follow-up with Kansas City was also hindered, the Bills, by the scheduling with COVID, uncertainty about the day of the game, etc. Okay, I'm not saying you excuse the losses totally, but you could say the Bills are at least, you know, you could make the case they should have had one and a half losses instead of three. And now all of a sudden, this is as good a team as any in the NFL. And this line is saying the Bills and Ravens are pretty much even. So that means that probably the value's on the Bills, because I don't think the Ravens are as good as anyone in the NFL. But additionally, here's the point, that... The Bills' rush defense is actually pretty good. But in the modern NFL, you've got to choose to give up something, and they've invited the other team to run the ball. They've invited, figuring if you get even five yards of carry against us, old school thinking is, oh my gosh, five yards of carry, that's a first down after every two downs. But the Bills are thinking Josh Allen is more efficient than that. He's going to get more than five yards per play. That's in the length of a game. You do that, we're going to entice you to do something less efficient. If you look at EPA, expected points added, very few running teams ever have a positive number. on. It's almost like every rush play hurts you. Almost. Mm-hmm. Now, to some degree, it doesn't account for the fact that you've got to run sometimes to make the positiveness of the passing stay there. Because if you always pass, it hurts you there. But in general, other than splitting up the runs and the passes enough that they can't sell out against the pass, every time you run the ball, you're kind of hurting yourself. And the analytics people preach run or you know don't run Pass, pass, pass. First down, running's bad. Tennessee and Smith, the new coach there with Atlanta, the idea was the OC made mistakes by even though you have Henry, it's a mistake to run. That is the modern mentality. Okay. I get it. Now, the other side will say the Ravens are so good at running, you can't entice them to run. And you know what? I don't know what the answer is. I think it's going to be a hell of a game. I'm super anxious to see it. I'm... Very anxious for the Bills to win because I've got a bet with Steve where I've got the Bills <laughs> and I've got the Packers and he has the Chiefs. Oh, and I'm getting plus 135. Not a good bet for you, Steve. Not a good bet at all. But I like it. And I'm hoping it's Bills, Chiefs, because then if the Bills beat the Chiefs and then it's Bills against Packers in the Super Bowl, it will be two weeks of bliss just just rubbing it in. Jonas. 
I, I don't know if this is has as much of an impact in the playoffs, but it is a short week for Baltimore. So Baltimore played on Sunday. They're coming back on a Saturday. It's on the road. Meanwhile, Buffalo is going Saturday to Saturday, so they've got a full week. And, and, and I think it's a great point. And if you look at the road games recently, Fez, which you've brought up. Yeah, third straight road game for Baltimore. Historically, this has been bad for any team, but certainly for playoff teams. However, Baltimore has done very well this year. They've had four games. They had short weeks, 3-0-1 against the spread. And that's another debate, though. Is that a sign that they're impervious to fatigue? I don't think so. I think it's uh, maybe a potential cumulative effect of fatigue mm. might actually hurt them because they had all of those short weeks. I don't know. So I'm shifting gears. I don't think the side is where to go here. I like, and I mean I like a lot, Josh Allen over passing yards. You know why? Because you have a running back that I don't think is all that important when it comes to efficiency. Zach Moss is out for the Bills. Now, the other running back, Singletary, now you just got one really viable back, and he's more of a scat back, more of an open field back. And the Bills have wanted to go four wide all season, but they haven't had all of the receivers healthy. And I think what John Brown's the name. Yes. Brown's been out a lot of games. And I would make the case that this game, the four receivers are as healthy as anyone or they've ever been this year. So if you're, you want to go four wide, if you're the Bills, that's what they've shown us. The receivers, all four of them are healthier than they've been relative to any other point of the year, probably. And you've got a running back absence that means spreading out, running less. And spreading out the field when you do run is all better now with Singletary. I think overpassing yards is a heck of a bet. The only thing that causes me pause is it's the same bet Barney at the bar is going to make. And whenever Barney at the bar wants to make a bet, I don't want to be on that same side. Faz, can you save me from that? I think my handicap's right. How would you approach it? Yeah, so we're bullish on Josh Allen and his involvement in the game. And I think not just efficiency, but rather how how many his opportunity, how many times he's going to be passing. Exactly. And Buffalo's going to run the ball less with their running backs because they only have Singletary. I liked Josh Allen over rush yards, over 39 and a half. And here's why, RJ. Fundamental change come playoff time for Josh Allen. Now, he's a running quarterback already. But he only averages 26 yards per game. But what has happened when we go into the playoffs? We have two data points now, two playoff games, and Josh Allen has run a whole lot more during those games. 52 last week, last year, 92 yards. Okay, so 52 yards rushing last week, 92 yards last season against Houston. Yes. Why I like that, because here's the basic concept of running quarterbacks. It works. It's almost unstoppable, but it's not sustainable. That's why when a young uh, quarterback like Henneke comes in, was that? Yeah, that's right. It comes in. All of a sudden, he's running the ball a bunch and all that. You know what? They usually get hurt, right? But they're pretty effective until they get hurt. Well, Josh Allen's a big boy, and he's figuring, I can run when it's playoff time. And every time they pass, it's another chance to scramble for a run. What's the yardage that we got? Over 39 and a half. I'm signed me up, baby. Boom. We're going to go with it? Love it. What do you think, Jonas? I like it. I like it a lot. Especially when you talk about Josh Allen. He was looking around. They made it a point on the broadcast last week that, yeah, they've really tried to protect Josh Allen, but you can tell it's a playoff game because he's getting out of the pocket and he's trying to pick up yards however he can. And let's be candid. If he has a bad game here, 
the narrative is, oh, yeah. he's finding the right. I mean, yeah. the stakes are high for Josh Allen right now. So I think it's high leverage. He's going to be inclined to run. History says he runs. And I think the absence, history says he runs in the playoffs specifically, the absence of Moss, I love it. I love it. So to recap, if I had to play this game, I would lean Bills, but I'm talking a smidge. I think this is a battle. It's a tough one. I love Josh Allen over rushing yards. I like it over passing, but I hate being with Barney. And thus, I like this a lot more because the public's not thinking about this. And there's even more opportunity. Ooh, I love it. I love it. I love it. All right, we got two more games left. And then at the very end of the hour, we're going to tell you what our best bet is of these four bets. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. He's the voice of Vegas, RJ Bell. Boy, that rubs me the wrong way. So they're saying Von Miller's under criminal investigation, but we don't know for what. Then why yeah. do we even know about it? Yeah. Right. Exactly. Because it could be for parking ticket violations. And, and it's, it, there's so many of them. It's a true criminal act. And obviously, that's probably not the case. But it sounds so ominous on the criminal. Inve- and there's a chance it is. And, and who knows? But until it is, I'm not sure how that got. I mean, obviously, we should report it if it's out there. But man, oh, man, I, I don't mind being hard on someone when they make a mistake. But until they do, you got to give them a fair break. All right. When we come back. We got a jumbo last segment. We got two games left. We're going to give you the best bet on each and then tell you the best bet of the whole weekend. That's coming up next. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted, and it's money making time right here on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. I'm RJ Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. So, RJ, we've taken a look at the Saturday games in the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. Now we move to Sunday, and the game that kicks off Sunday's action is the Browns at the Chiefs in the AFC. And right now on pregame.com, Kansas City, a 10-point favorite. RJ, I am really struggling with this game. I got to tell you, I got to lean on you on this one. What you got? I think this is probably my favorite side, so this is convenient, is I like the Browns. And let's keep something in mind. When you make a bet that can seem foolish, like this one could, it's probably a good bet because it means a certain percentage of people. In fact, Fez, I would put you in this category. Your power ratings say this line should be seven and a half. Yes. But you're scared to bet Kansas City or to bet the Browns. Jelly in the belly. So... Part of me wants to look at the first quarter thinking, well, the Browns can run. I don't want the Browns having to play from behind. But other people are telling me Kansas City knows that Browns play worse from behind, so they're going to try to jump out ahead, especially considering how poorly they started playoff games last year. I'm just going to stick with the side here, I think. Browns plus 10. You're saying the line should be 7.5. At worst, it should be 8, 8. It shouldn't be 10. And you know Why? How we can be sure about that? Exactly eight games ago, Carolina came into Kansas City and the line was plus 10. So how do we compare Carolina and the Cleveland Browns? Obviously, Cleveland's much, much better. An 11-win team. Now, since that game, you might say, well, maybe Kansas City's gotten better. No, no. 
0-7-1 and starting with that game against the spread. Last eight games, if you had bet Kansas City every game, you'd have zero cashes. Zero cashes on Kansas City. So you've got to downgrade them off of that to some degree. And, well, the Browns are much better than Carolina, but somehow we're still getting 10. The only way this line makes sense, the only way is if Kansas City, when they played the best this year, was the truth. And every other time it was them just flipping off the gas and laying back on the boat. It's like the Raiders almost beat them a second time. They were playing as hard in that game for revenge as any game, any team this year. And the the Raiders were one catch away from beating them a second time. Kansas City's good, but their O-line's not as good as last year. Their D's not as good as last year. I like the Browns. There's nothing in the stats that says that Kansas City is any better than the other top five teams in the NFL, number six in VOA, number six in yards per play differential, by examples. And Colin said this line doesn't make sense to him, and I told him it does make sense because the casual fan that starts to bet during the playoffs is saying the Super Bowl champion only has one loss. Think about it. In the history of the NFL, only one team had a better regular season record than this Kansas City team. That was the undefeated Patriots team, 16-0. They were 15-1. Oh, they had two losses? Yeah. Okay. Well, the backups played. The oh, that last game. Yeah, okay. count it. Fair enough. Fair enough. But you could make the case. But either way, 14-2 and two is such a good record. I guess in my mind I was yeah. thinking about that a lot. I, but I had Chargers, so I should accept that win. But the reality is the public saying Super Bowl champion with the best record in the league Right, even a fourteen and two, it makes sense. They think the Browns can't compete, but the truth of it is different. So our official pick on this game, the Browns. We could lose by forty, but that's the point. We'll take the Browns. RJ, we go now to the NFC and the final game of the weekend in the divisional round of the playoffs. It is the third meeting between the Buccaneers and the Saints, and right now on pregame.com, New Orleans at home is a three-point favorite. So we'll do this game, and then of the four picks, give our very best bet of those. Fez, you like the Saints here pretty much strong. So does Matty Holt, Wednesday's guest on the show. I'm probably not going to let us make it the Saints, but make the case for the Saints. I think there's just a mismatch edge between these two teams. Week one, Tampa Bay lost by 11. Well... I think that's excusable. Tom Brady starting out the season, new receivers. but then In a COVID year especially. Exactly. Then week nine, boom, here's the spot for Tampa Bay, their home, to go ahead and get their revenge and show they belong. And it was a complete mismatch in that game. It was 31-0 at halftime. And yeah, but doesn't that make it less impressive in that sometimes in the NFL we saw it with the Browns game, momentum starts and it doesn't stop. We saw Green Bay get crushed against Tampa Bay. Right, So if, if we want to say that dominating win by the Saints means something, then it must mean, wait, the number one seed got crushed by the team getting three here? I, I'm not saying that your point isn't valid. I'm just saying sometimes momentum happens. But again, the Saints have been beaten up on Bruce Arians now four times in a row without Brady last year. But still, Sean Payton Arians is a mismatch. Peyton, big advantage, I think. Yeah, and, and just what I saw with the eyes, if anything, it should have been 38 nothing at halftime in that game. Well, that's an important distinction, I think. (laughs) So what makes me lean that way is I love Sean Payton. I don't like Bruce Arians. I don't want to necessarily do a lot of betting against Tom Brady in the playoffs. He looks great. And this is what the Sharps are saying that I respect. Some of them like the Saints for sure, but more of them like Tampa Bay. And here's the rationale. Since the 
buy. And remember, Tampa had the latest buy. They've been great. And you could say the offense has been great. Why? More pre-snap motion, more um, play-action passing, more New England-type schemes, mm. you know, things that were put in during that week off. And they've dominated on offense. But I was really questioning it because they hadn't played anyone defensively until Washington. And even though the Washington offense did better than we expected, that running quarterback again, but the idea that Tampa Bay far exceeded expectations against Washington's really tough defense. Supposedly, that was the scheme that kind of four guys that can get pressure on the quarterback without blitzing that Brady has trouble with. Wouldn't you say Tampa far exceeded offensively expectations in that Washington game. Yes, and Tom Brady was supposed to only throw for about 280 in that game, almost got 400 against that really good Washington D. I don't think I learned more about any team more than I learned about the Tampa offensive side of the ball. And now it's making me think, what's the truth? Those earlier games against the Saints, or is it this new Tampa offense? That causes me pause. By the way, one more thing to make the case on the Saints. The only games this season that Breeze, Kamara, and Michael Thomas all played was the first Tampa Bay game, the second Tampa Bay game, and last week's wildcard domination over the Bears. That's a pretty good run of games there. So they've been weakened this year. Now they're at full strength. But let me propose the following to you. Is cornerback Lattimore has done really well against Mike Evans. That's a matchup for the ages. In fact, in the last seven games against Lattimore – Evans has averaged 52 yards per game. Now, during that same span, he's averaged 78 yards against the NFL. So, 78 yards for Evans generally, 52 against Lattimore. This season, he's only averaging 68 yards, Evans, and it's 60, or I think actually a little less than 63. 63, I think. 63. And the over-under here, Fez, is 65.5. So we can go under Lattimore. He's averaged 52, um, I guess, under Evans with Lattimore against him. And since when Lattimore is against Evans, 52 yards is the average, we're getting 65.5. So it kind of is that Saints defense, but specialized here. What do you think? I love it because a lot of these games, Evans was at 100%. He's not going to be 100%. He was injured last week, gutted it out, had a really good game, but even got re-injured on his last catch. Okay, so we'll make it official in this one. We're going under Mike Evans, under 65 and a half yards, and it's the Lattimore matchup that makes us like that. Quickly, Fez, I think for me, the two I like best is that under Evans, and I like rush yards over for the Buffalo Bills quarterback, Josh Allen. Josh Allen. Which one do you like better? Josh Allen over 39 half. But I like this Evans also. You know, Jonas, we're, we got to make a quick decision. <laughs> Maybe half a unit best bet on the. No, I, I got to be honest with you. I don't want to make my biggest bet against Brady, and we are in a way. Let's go with Josh Allen over as the best bet. Done. All right, so let's make out a fish. We'll read it out. Josh Allen, over 39 and a half rush yards. Best bet. Okay, so just to be clear then, in the Rams-Packers, we had the Packers in the first half. We've got that Josh Allen over rushing yards, which is our very best bet. That's in the Bills game. We got the Browns plus 10, and we've got Mike Evans under 65 and a half yards. Jonas, what do you think, baby? I love it. Prop bets mixed in as well, too. Uh, some people call them exotic bets, but I still call them prop bets. A little old school I, for me. 
I think we we're going to have an exciting weekend. We'll be back on Monday to break it all down. Absolutely. And if you missed any of today's show, including a deep dive into every single game this weekend in the NFL's divisional round of the playoffs and best bets on each game, you can check out the podcast at foxsportsradio.com. We are straight out of Vegas back on Monday, 6 p.m. Eastern time, 3 o'clock Pacific, right here on Fox Sports Radio and as always on the iHeartRadio app. Straight out of Vegas! 